do thank you for new wine. Thank you for a new season. We thank you that you're speaking to us, God. Um, yeah, just thank you. You're going to speak to each and every one here this morning, those who might not have heard from you in a long time. God, I just thank you that you're speaking, that you're meeting people where they're at. Just thank you for your love, God, your tangible love here with us now. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rosie and Ryan. That was beautiful. We might sing some more at the end. I also just have a couple of prayer requests here. We're praying for a mother and her son who's just been having some significant issues and she would just love some prayer for breakthrough with that. So we're going to pray for that. We're also praying for a couple who's just been having some marriage difficulties and um, struggling also with some significant things. So I'm going to get you to stand with me again. Sorry, did I just tell you to sit down? And we're just going to agree for breakthrough with these and then we'll get into the message. So God, we just thank you that you're a God who hears our prayers, that you're a God who breaks through. And so we thank you for this mother and this son who's just facing what seemed to be some insurmountable battles. We just pray for breakthrough there. And I know her prayer is that her son would be connected in at youth or just with some people who would be good influencers in his life. And so I thank you, God, for breakthrough and provision there for this family and also for this um, couple who's just having some significant issues within their marriage and within their family. And again, God, we just thank you that you heal the broken heart and that you're the God of reconciliation and restoration. And so we just thank you that you would do a work in this relationship too. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for praying with me, church. Really excited for this morning as we said earlier it's vision sunday and as josh and i were preparing there was actually a lot on our hearts and so we've split it into two so that hopefully we don't bore you to death today this week part one next week part two and yeah we hope that you're blessed as we just present what we feel god is saying to us and a big thank you to my parents and ryan and eb to who took our kids for us yesterday the week before when we wanted to start our vision sunday prep that we had quite sick kids. Esther had pneumonia and Tamana was really sick too. And so all the plans went out the window, but by God's grace and by the help of others, we were able to be able to prepare sufficiently for this morning. So who knows? We can't do it alone. We need each other. Hey, so thankful for family and the body and um, great friends. All right. So um, I guess a lot has happened since, say, 2018, last Vision Sunday. Josh has started drinking coffee. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was listening back because I like to listen back, okay, what did God say last year and where have we gone and where are we going? And in one of the messages at the beginning of last year when we were sharing our heart, I had said how I had taken up coffee and how I discovered whole new levels of functioning in my brain. You might remember that. And I said, but Josh is just like off it. He doesn't like coffee and he just is not into it at all and doesn't like that I drink it. He's now an addict too. <laughs> It's probably Shane's influence. He's been working with Shane from Sydney, and I think he, got, I think he did get you onto it. Anyway, who else drinks coffee? All of us. No, not, not a few. A few who don't. Next year, you guys will be onto it too. Uh, but more than that... Yeah, yeah. It was my fourth child that pushed me to coffee. Sarah, you're doing really well. She's got six. Um, but on a deeper level, a lot has happened in the last year, and... 
as I was listening back, we were sharing about last year how our heart was to see the kingdom of heaven advance through us. Similar to what Rosie was saying, her and Dean, you know, their prayer was for the youth. And so last year we were sharing about how God wants to use us to see the kingdom of heaven advance on the earth. And there was a lot of focus last year on God maturing us, going deeper in our hearts so that we could be effective conduits of the kingdom. Because who knows if you want to pass on kingdom, everything that is God, love and truth and peace. Sometimes we want to pass those things on, but if we've got unresolved pain or hurt or resentment or fear or whatever those deeper things are in our hearts, sometimes we end up relating more out of our wound than out of those things, those good things that God wants to pass on to others. So I do really think last year was a year of God going deeper within us, of growing us up a bit, walking in maturity. And if you want to listen back to those messages, feel free to um, have a look up on SoundCloud and the beginning of last year and you can go more into that. But um, who feels like they've grown over the last year? Hopefully we're always growing. And I really do think, church, that we've grown over the last year, I think, as individuals. But also together, I think we've grown into something. And I think as we've grown, it has caused us to step into a greater authority or a greater effectiveness to actually be ones who bring kingdom and bring the things of God to others. And there's been many testimonies of that throughout the year. And I believe there's going to continue to be... And who knows, our world is in desperate need of a touch from God. There's so much pain and hurt and brokenness. And so obviously that is the mission to continue to bring the love of God to a world that needs it. But what is God saying for this year? That was just a brief recap on last year. And I I will get into prophetically what I feel God's put on our hearts for this year. But you know how we've always had that Matthew 5 in the message 11 to 15 vision statement, which was basically, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be sold and light, to bring out the God colors in the world, the God flavors. I'm not going to put you under a bucket. I want you to shine. I want you to be generous with your life. One of the most all-time amazing verses. And we've kind of used that as our signature vision statement. And I think that's always going to define the mission and be pointing us uh, in the right direction. But as elders, Josh and I have been talking with the elders. And we've really, probably for a little while now, I just wanted to have a really succinct, just one sentence vision statement. So when people say, what's your church about? We're here to be sold in the line and bring out the gold colour. It's like, we don't, we don't recite the verse. So as we've prayed and sought God and spoken with the elders, we really believe that simply our vision at Highway is to grow in relationship with Jesus and each other. And there it is. The rest, yeah, who's excited for that? Might seem simple, but I'm going to um, continue to, to unpack. Love God, love others. Really, that's just the basic, I guess, heart of God. And I believe, naturally, everything else will flow from that. Being, so, being sold in light, bringing out the gold colours in the world, being generous with our life, having a heart for others. It all flows from this. As we walk in relationship with Jesus, as we spur one another on and grow in relationship with one another, we're naturally going to be on mission together to do all those things. And speaking about the kingdom of heaven advancing through us, as we grow in relationship with Jesus, again, it's going to happen naturally because we're going to reflect him to the world around us. So that is awesome hey simple big picture and you know this is going to be our heart for years to come it's not just like this is what we're doing this year I think always this is the the idea connect with Jesus and each other and the rest will flow from that so Josh is just going to share a little bit on that just to unpack unpack um yeah give him a hand cool I heard I heard this um uh, Mark Mark Varish you might have heard him preach a sermon a while ago up at our national conference and he and he spoke um about just the importance of fixing our eyes on Jesus and the, and the difference between 
when we fix our eyes in Jesus and not. And um, I've got a, I've just got a little clip I'm going to play, and then I'll explain the clip. And Mum, you're going to like this clip, trust me. Um, so, have you got that clip ready? They couldn't, could they? They may not. Ten seconds. And right, Bruce slips him, and then Bruce finds a man. They do it again. Extraordinary. They've won five games by under a goal this year. Oh, oh wow. Isaac Smith. To put Hawthorne into the prelim final for the sixth consecutive year. A wry smile. Heart thumping. Chest beating. Steady hand. Good looking. <laughs> Thanks, Abby. We can, um, yeah. So for, for those who don't know, my mum goes for Hawthorne and I go for Geelong, me and my dad and um, the smart people in our family go for Geelong. Um, so, um, but as you can see, um, poor Isaac Smith caught the ball, for those on SoundCloud listening, and had a shot to go after the siren to win the game, but he missed. But there was a moment you, you see in that when he looked over to, I didn't show who, one of his mates and just did that little cheeky smile like, I've got this. And then kicked a miss. There was that moment he took the eyes, his eyes off the goal and was looking at the prize. And it caused him to <coughs> miss. And I love watching that clip. <coughs> Excuse me, it gets me emotional. <coughs> but, um, sorry, I don't, that's all right. Um, but, you know, when, when we fix our eyes on the goal, when we fix our eyes on Jesus... The prize will happen. You know, the prize for me in my life is seeing other people come to God. I love, I love bringing people to God. I love taking them on that journey and, and seeing salvation come to people. That's, that's the prize. That's the reward. That's what makes me tick. But it's not the goal. The goal is for me is to, to fix my eyes on Jesus, to have that relationship with him. The moment we take our eyes off the goal and focus on the prize is the moment we actually miss it and we can turn religious and we can and do that. You know, when, when, you're, when you're kicking a ball, when I'm, I can explain it better in soccer, when I kick a soccer ball and aim at the goal, depending on where I place my foot and point my foot and depending on the angle of my head will determine whether there's so many times I've missed in soccer a goal because I've, I've looked up at the goal and it's caused me to sky the ball upwards. And that. So when, when we take, even if it's a moment, when we take the eye off the goal, we miss the prize. And, you know, yeah. So that's, that's my little, little bit. Sarah's going to continue on. How good was that? I, I love it when Josh shares. Just, um, just powerful, simple. And uh, as Josh said, is always for people to find Jesus. And I know as we focus on Jesus and growing in relationship with one another, we're going to see the kingdom advance. We're going to see people come to know him. The prize is going to be there. And I just think um, 
if we, if we do lose sight of Jesus and we just go like, oh, we want to get everyone saved, we burn out. We need to remain connected to the source, connected to the vine. And if we lose sight of growing in relationship with one another, because I think you can also like be focusing on Jesus, but lose sight of connecting in with each other and the power of togetherness, then we become lone rangers and we miss out on the richness and the power and the strength and protection of togetherness and accountability and all those things. So we need Jesus and we need each other. It sounds simple, but is it good to be reminded, hey, this is what we're here for, what our heart beats for, and we know the rest will flow from that. So that's all very well, but how does it work? How do we grow in relationship with Jesus? How do we grow in relationship with one another? Firstly, I think we grow, and again, it might seem like common sense, but it's just good to go over it. We grow as we spend time with God, as we read our Bible, as we pray, just as we, if maybe you go surfing and you feel God's presence, just enjoying God's presence, hearing from Him. Um, That was firstly, relationship, that's how we grow, by relationship with God. Secondly, we grow through connecting in and being planted in church. And, you know, there's a lot of equipping and building into that happens in church and within our team nights too. That's another setting where we can grow together. And as we announced earlier, we're really excited to have that pastoral team that are also committed to helping us grow, to discipleship, challenging us. And I think that's going to add another dimension just to the growth that happens here. And thirdly, we grow in small groups. And I love this. Sam Monk says, we are equipped in rows, but we relate in circles. It might even pop up there. So rows is this. In Sunday, we are equipped. In team night, we are equipped, but we relate in circles in that smaller group setting where we actually probably grow a bit more deeply in relationship. We can be accountable. We can challenge one another on in a more intimate setting. And so connect in at church regularly. Be here as much as possible so you can be part of what God is saying and doing. Come along to small group as well. So we have our our men's and women's groups, as I said in announcements, starting up for those who might be listening on SoundCloud this Tuesday, 7 o'clock at church. We have women's and the following men's group. And within the men's and women's group, sometimes it is a little bit of a larger gathering, but we'll often split off into smaller groups with in that and I just think it's invaluable those times together where you can open your heart where you can sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron so if you're not involved in an alpha group or the men's or women's group get connected in and if you want more information on that see myself or Josh or Dean or Nance or Rose and we would love to um, help you find somewhere to connect in and we need both hey we need to be equipped in rows and we need to be relating in circles because if we just do the rows and if we just come on a Sunday I think we can be built into, but then I think we can be lonely. On the other hand, if we just do the small group without the rows, then sometimes, you know, we can have that, maybe that friendship and those deeper relationships and it can be warm and fuzzy, but we're actually missing out on the equipping that happens here on a Sunday. You know, the Ascension Ministries, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, that's what happens on Sunday. There's an equipping that flows and um, we, we need both. We need to be equipped and we need to grow in our ability to relate to one another in that, in that circle, in those smaller groups. And I just want to show a little video of some starlings. You probably might have seen this on YouTube, but these beautiful birds and just show how they fly together and then I'm going to draw something out of it. Thanks, Ebby. <laughs> Who's there? Oh my goodness. There's a car. There's a car. That's amazing. It's like a giant monster in the sky.
Oh, raining. Awesome, it's mesmerising, hey, we could keep watching it, but I think you get the picture. <laughs> um, probably all put us to sleep. But how's the cohesiveness and the, the unity and the unison between these birds? They just fly together so beautifully, and I was kind of thinking, how do they do that? But there's, this is how they do it. Scientists have discovered with starlings, some of you may or may not have known this, flocks of starlings exhibit a remarkable ability to maintain cohesion as a group in highly uncertain environments and with limited and noisy information. Recent work demonstrated that individual starlings within large flocks respond to a fixed number of nearest neighbours and the number of the, that they respond to is seven. So there's seven starlings that lean into each other, that respond to one another, and as they look after their seven, they fly in this amazing unison. Sometimes hundreds, thousands of birds can flock together with great direction and clarity and beauty like a monster in the sky because they tap in just to the seven around them. And so I think that just illustrates the power of getting in to those smaller groups, to leaning into the few that are around you. So I encourage you to think, who are those few in your life that you can lean into, who keep you accountable, who will challenge you? And if you feel like you don't have that, as I said, make sure you get connected into a small group and um, find those few that you can tap into. And as we tap into, I guess, that um, each other on the smaller scale, it's going to bring a great cohesiveness, a beautiful unison on the larger scale. So that's pretty cool, isn't it? All right. So yeah, we need the equipping and the relating at a deeper level, like with the few. May we not neglect the one. Okay. So that was, I guess, as way of introduction that we want to be growing together and that was all how we're going to be growing in relationship with Jesus and one another. And as I said, I think last year there was a year of growing and God going deeper and ultimately uh, pruning our lives. And I think we're going to continue to grow this year. But I want to share prophetically also what I feel God is putting on my heart. And I love Bobby Houston. She says about their church in Hillsong that we're a lovely but imperfect bunch. We're always on the journey to becoming more and more like Jesus, to representing him to our world. So we're always on the journey. Hey, we're not perfect and we're never going to be because otherwise we wouldn't need God. But we're growing in our ability to represent God well to our worlds. So that's the big picture vision. And um, before I do jump into, I guess, our prophetic sense, when we met with the team, first team night for the year, I think Dad, Pastor Mark, asked the team, what was on your heart? What's some words for the coming year? And we're going to pop them up. These are what the team said and some amazing words. might be a little bit hard to read and um, I will read them out for those who might be listening um, on the SoundCloud. Do you know what? We keep talking about SoundCloud. We sometimes have around 150 people who tap into our sermons on SoundCloud. So why doesn't everyone just give everyone on SoundCloud a yell? So thanks for listening, guys. And this is what the team came up with. And some of these words are repeated, but in summary, growth, new life, new beginnings, flourishing, abundance, peace, coalescence, encouragement, first love, self-surrender, integrity, breakthrough, belief in prayer, fellowship, family, Revival, newness, kingdom relationship, health, forgiveness, joy, courage, wisdom and purpose. If that defines our 2019, who thinks we're in for a good year, hey? And I think we could jump off on any one of those things and unpack what that might look like and what God is saying. We're not going to do that right now. I'm going to share what's on our heart and it will tie in 
with some of that. And I just want to encourage you, you might not have been at team night, but God wants to speak to you. So if God hasn't maybe put a word on your heart for the year ahead, ask him. It says, ask and you will receive. And for us personally, if God speaks something to me for our family, for our kids, for the church, I hang on to that and I stand on that. It's really a rock. So ask God to speak to you. Hang on to whatever he says. And um, I know he wants to speak to us. All right. So moving on to our sense for the year. At the beginning of the year in January, there was this beautiful lady who came to church and she goes to a church in Sydney and her and her husband were visiting. They had family at the Tabari Tucker Box near where um, Kristen Lucas and Debbie live. And actually, as they were driving in, the traffic was so bad, it had almost come to a standstill a kilometre or two south of town and they were worried they were going to miss church. So they actually pulled over on the side of the road and walked the remainder of the way in. I thought, that's an amazing commitment. And when she was here, um, she actually came up to us and she just said, I feel God wants you to know um, a few things. And she spoke Zechariah 8 over us and she said, I feel this verse is for your church. It's going to be a great year of blessing and fruitfulness. But she said, especially Zechariah 8 verse 12 is going to define this coming year. The seed will grow well, the vine will yield its fruit, the ground will produce its crops and the heavens will drop their dew. I will give all these things as an inheritance to the remnant of these people. And the rest of the verse does speak about blessing and God making our hands strong for the building. She also shared a verse out of Job where it says, though your beginnings were meager, your end is going to be amazing. The latter is going to be abundant. And I just think um, it was really resonated what she spoke. It was prophetic. And um, I want to unpack a little bit more of that Zechariah verse today. So, Zechariah 8 verse 12, the first part of that verse says, The seed will grow well and the vine will yield its fruit. And I really feel that 2019 is going to be a year of reaping from seeds sown even in decades gone by. It says the seed will grow well. And some of the teams said that word growth. And you know, so often seeds grow under the surface naturally to a certain point. Roots go down deep and the seedlings spring up, but eventually it has to breach the surface and, you know, you see something popping up out of the soil. And I, I just believe that's prophetic, actually, that there's been a lot of growth happening under the surface, but this year there's going to be springing up um, growth and fruitfulness, answered prayers, things that maybe God was doing under the surface all of a sudden are going to spring up. And yeah, last year was about the roots going down deep and I feel God's seen the discipline, the faithfulness, the commitment, and there's about to be some fruit that comes from the vine. And interestingly, Josh was chatting with Larry and Ron about gardening last week. And Larry and Leanne beautifully have been coming every now and then and helping me fold my washing, which is such a help because I think they saw uh, when they're at our house often cleaning that, that there was like 16 million baskets of washing. And they just offered to come and fold it, which was so lovely of them. And when they were there, they also saw our fruit trees. And... Um, Larry and Ron were talking with Josh and they said, do you know on your citrus trees, there's some little growth springing up at the bottom that just looks like normal growth, but it's actually got little thorns on it. And as it continues to grow, and anyone who's got any sort of knowledge of gardening probably would have known this, but we don't. Um, and if you don't trim those little branches off down the bottom, they'll actually begin to twist and suffocate the rest of the plant. So how good is the wisdom of the older generation for us ignorant millennials? <laughs> I didn't know that either. Trim your fruit trees. And um, I just think it was interesting because I believe we've been in a pruning season where God's been going deeper in our hearts and our ways of thinking and our, our attitudes. And pruning's really necessary because if we don't prune, those thorny bits will twist and suffocate the entire 
plant. And you know, my inclination was after, so after that, Josh went out and trimmed the plants. And after Josh pruned, <laughs> I went out and looked at them and we both said, oh, they don't really look as full now because they were looking really like green and full and they looked a little bit bare. And I think the temptation is after a pruning season to think, oh, it looks a little bit bare. Where's all that growth gone? But actually what from a distance looked like luscious green growth was actually toxic, thorny, little bits of prickly plant. And it was going to eventually suffocate the plant. And Josh found out it was quite thorny when he touched it. And, and uh, yeah, I think um, pruning is so essential. And um, for us to always be thinking, is there anything that's creeping in in our hearts that's a little bit prickly? Anything creeping in in our way of relating that's a little bit prickly? And may we always have soft and open hearts towards God and be willing to you know, prune those things so that the tree can continue in fullness of health. Okay, back to the tree. Still on the tree, but moving on from the pruning. Um, so during that week, I actually had a dream. And it was after Josh had pruned the trees, and I guess the trees are about a metre high or so. And then the next morning, Josh and I went out, and these trees had shot up to about three metres high, and they were bursting with fruit. And I'm not saying, like, just full. They were full, but the fruit was literally popping off. There was like lemons and oranges like poo, poo, flying off the trees. And our kids ran out in front of us and they were like, Mom and Dad, look at this fruit. And there was oranges and lemons and strawberries. And the kids were like picking it up and playing in it and laughing. And we were like, what the heck? Like, where did this come from overnight? And I actually feel that was a prophetic dream. God was speaking into 2019. We've had some pruning in 2018. 2019 is going to be a year of fruitfulness, of abundance. It's going to be nuts. And um, I want to pull a few things out of this dream, unpack it a little bit further. So the fruitfulness firstly, I believe 2019 is going to be one of great fruitfulness. So as I said, there was oranges and lemons and there was strawberries. And I just think they were citrus trees. I think the strawberries speak of unexpected and miraculous fruits, not something we were expecting. So I think 2019, there's going to be some miracles in store that we don't expect. And I believe the fruit speaks of, firstly, it's the fruit of our lives. Fruit is produced by what's gone on in the plant at a deeper level. And God has gone deeper within us. And maybe we've had to work through some pain. Maybe it's been a hard season. But as we've allowed God to go deeper, it's positioned us to walk in this fruitfulness. And, you know, fruit isn't given like gifts. It's grown. And um, there's been some fruit, and I can see you, church, bursting with fruit. Your lives are full of fruit. And obviously that fruit isn't just for us to eat, it's for others. And I think mum prayed in pre-service prayer this morning about the fruit that's going to benefit others. And so I believe that this year, church, we're going to go out laden with fruit. And people are going to be like, oh my gosh, I just need a piece of that. I need a piece of the goodness of God. I need a piece of the love of God. I just need a taste of that fruit that's on your life. And um laden with it, laden with fruit. And I also believe the fruit speaks of, as I said earlier, seeds sown in the lives of those around us. All those seeds sown, I believe there's going to be some fruit bared from those seeds sown in the lives of others this year. So fruitfulness, 2019, a year of fruitfulness. Secondly, the next generation are going to be with us, harvesting the abundance of the next season. In fact, they ran ahead. And that's the, the second point. 2019 is going to be defined by the next generation running ahead of us. It often talks in the Bible about the little one, the tribe of Benjamin, the youngest, leading and making a way. 
And it also says in Psalm 127 that children are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. And sorry if I shared this in prayer and you've already heard it, but for everyone else to hear, cool thing about arrows, I read this week, arrows go where we can't and arrows go where we point them. And so I believe the next generation have been shot out and they're going to go where we can't. They're going to run ahead of us. And that's exactly what happened in the dream. Josh and I were kind of standing on the back step. The kids ran ahead and were picking up the fruit before us. And I really believe that's a prophetic picture. The coming years and year, and the next generation are going to run ahead. They're going to go where we couldn't go. And they're going to be on the front lines of actually harvesting that fruit. And I just feel the weight of heaven on that. There's going to be an incredible anointing on the next generation to run ahead. And um, Zechariah 8 verse 4 to 5 kind of connected but separate in the message says this, old man and old women will come back to Jerusalem, sit on benches on the streets and spin tails, move around safely with their canes, a good city to grow old in and boys and girls will fill the public parks laughing and playing a good city to grow up in. And this is the beginning of the Zechariah 8 verse that I'm talking about where I'm talking about the sea growing well and the vine and the blessing And I said arrows go where we point them. So there's something for us to tap into as the older generation are passing on something to the younger generation, spinning tales, wisdom, encouragement to our kids that points them in a way that reminds them of the goodness of God, that encourages them that God's going to make a way for them just as he has for us. And I thought it was really cool um, on this note. You can um, can put up number two too, Eb, I think um, about the next generation running ahead if it's there. Oh. It's there. Sorry, I was just looking at the white thing. I need glasses. Good job, Eb. <laughs> um, so, Christopher Lawton also talks about kids. And he talks about how they don't have a junior Holy Spirit. You know, they have the same Holy Spirit that we have. And encouraging kids to tap into the Spirit. Teaching them about dreams and talking to them about their dreams. Like I'm talking about dreams. Talking to them about angels and expecting them to hear from God. He talks about a lot of things, but tying it all in together. It was beautiful. After our last team night, our kids have been talking about angels over the last year or so. And we said, oh, Ron's got some awesome stories about angels. And they said, can you tell us? He said, no, no, why don't you ask Ron? He'll tell it better than anyone. So it was really cool after our last team night. Ron sat down with our boys and Xavier was there too. And um, he just told his stories of angel encounters. And I just thought it was so beautiful. These little kids who just hungry for the things of God. And Ron was tearing up as he shared about some of his dark days and how God loved him so much that he sent angels to guide him and to speak to him. And this is this. This is the older generation. Ron doesn't have a cane or anything in hand, thankfully. But it's the older generation passing on stories of God's goodness and his grace that are going to equip the next generation to be shot into the future as arrows with great wisdom and clarity and promise and purpose. And I just thought that was beautiful. And may there be many more stories of that to come. One generation to the next. And I love it's a grace on our house that it's intergenerational, the older and the younger and everyone working together. And who knows, the kingdom of heaven belongs to the kids, Matthew 19. All right, so fruitfulness, 2019. It's going to be a year of the next generation running ahead of us. Thirdly, it's going to be a season of rejoicing. And again, some of the team said that word joy. In the dream, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, look at all this fruit. This is going to be so heavy. We're going to have to clean up the backyard. What a pain, what a burden. It was like, oh my gosh, look at this fruit. And the kids were laughing and they were playing in it and they were rolling in it. And it was pure joy. And I really feel that 2019, there's going to be a lot of joy and rejoicing ahead for us. Fourthly, um, interestingly, uh, returning to Zechariah 8, where it talks about the seed growing well and the vine yielding its fruit. 
The vine it talks about, it says in some Bible commentaries, is actually a peace vine. It's a vine of peace. And again, another word that some of the team brought up. And I really believe that there's something of peace and wholeness springing up as we've allowed God to go deeper in our hearts and as we continue to allow God to go deeper as we've embraced the pruning and even pruning of relationships, pruning of the way we relate. And hopefully this makes sense. I do believe, obviously, that we're in a battle. Obviously, the enemy wants to devour. Satan wants to devour. But um, if our hearts are at a whole and at peace, then there's not that gap for the enemy to come in on. And Dad spoke about this at our team nights, Pastor Mark. He spoke about being fortified walls within our hearts and fortified in our togetherness. And he read this verse from Psalm 144, verse 14. There will be no breaching of walls, no cry of distress in our streets. And I believe part of that growth that happened last year has led to that fortification in our own hearts. There's a peace, a wholeness, even a a wholeness in our togetherness. And I think it's a beautiful image of peace. And so this verse is prophetically speaking about that peace continuing to spring up. Also, I believe we have a role to play in cultivating that peace and that peace in our environments, in our community. And Josh is actually going to talk about that next week, being peacemakers, because as I said, we didn't want to cram it today. But it all fits into the larger vision of growing together, how we relate to one another. And who's enjoying this so far? Everyone with me? Cool. I don't actually have much longer to go. I really do believe on this note, peace and relationships. I believe there's been an assault on relationship in 2018 and even preceding that. And I don't mean just within church. It's bigger than that. I believe it's one of the greatest assaults in modern day society, the battle to remain connected to one another. There's so much pain and division and resentment and hurt and difference and just divide. It's really easy for relationships to fracture. It's so easy to, oh, I don't like that person anymore. or They offended me or they're different to me. So I don't want to journey with them. But I always believe the enemy reveals his hand. There's been an assault on relationship because I believe that's the area God wants to break out in in the coming season. Our greatest weapon against the kingdom of darkness obviously is not hate, but it's our love for one another. And I'm going to share more about this next week. But I believe there is a wide open door to connect with people at the moment. There's a wide open door for relational connection and we've got stories in our own life and I'm sure you've got stories. The heavens are open. There's an anointing to minister to people, to reconcile them to each other, to reconcile them to God. And I believe there's an open door, an open window and doors and windows don't always stay open forever but we're in a moment and an opening relationally. I believe there's a great blessing that's coming upon that. And that's actually the second part of the verse, Zechariah 8 verse 12. Might actually get the band up too if you want to come up. And the ground will produce its crops and the heavens will drop their dew. And so next week, we're going to talk about being peacemakers. We're going to talk about the ground producing its crop, which I believe is harvest. There's a harvest of people God's drawing to himself. And we're going to talk about the dew of heaven. So I'm really excited for that. As Josh said, like obviously all of this is really important, talking about growing and what God has ahead for us. But the prize is always to see people come to know him. So I'm really excited to be talking about people and how God wants to position us to reach people in a more effective manner. All right, so to summarise, part one, vision, 2019 here at Highway, our vision statement in our heart, the big picture is to grow in relationship with Jesus and each other. That's the goal. May we keep focused on that and I know the prize will follow, the rest will follow. How do we do it? Spending time with God, reading our Bible, praying, connecting in, 
being planted in church, coming to teen nights, you know, being equipped in those rows, but also may we be relating thirdly in circles, connecting into that small group, tapping into the power of the few, just as those starlings did, so that we can um, really just fly into the future with that great unison and cohesiveness. And prophetically, what is God saying for the year ahead? Let's stand and speak it out over us. I believe 2018 was a year of pruning. God was preparing us for what was ahead. But 2019 is going to be a year of fruitfulness, firstly. It's going to be a year of the next generation running ahead of us. It's going to be a year of rejoicing, thirdly. And it's going to be a year of peace, wholeness and restoration springing up. A year of fortification, no breaches in the walls. And next week, we look forward to unpacking peacemakers, the harvest and the dew of heaven falling. Make sure you bring your pen and paper along for that next week because we're going to get practical. But I'm going to pray for us. So I thank you, God, for this amazing company of people. I thank you for what you have done in us throughout 2018. I thank you that you have created a greater depth and strength and fortification in our hearts. We thank you for a season of pruning, even though at times it's painful, God. I thank you. You have led us in that. I thank you. You've been going deeper. And maybe for those who are still just maybe recovering from that, I thank you that you bring a healing. But I thank you that the pruning has been so worth it. I thank you that by your grace, you have positioned us for great fruitfulness. I thank you for that dream, that picture of just these trees in full growth and full bloom, that fruit bursting off the trees. And I thank you for a church that is laden with fruit, for a well that desperately needs a touch from you. And so we thank you for a year of fruitfulness, of harvest, of abundance, of rejoicing, We thank you for your anointing upon the next generation. They're going to run ahead of us like never before, God. May we continue to grow in relationship with you and one another like never before, God. We are so excited to journey into this year. And let's just give God a big hand for His goodness. We thank you for who you are. We thank you you are with us. And um, God, we just open up our hearts. And we're going to sing now um, this song and let's just make a commitment to God we're going to run together fly together like those starlings did and thank you Ryan and Rosie